You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the LA International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in LA since 1989. Well, good morning, church. Uh, hope you enjoyed our time of communion. We on? We good? Um, you know, we wanted to create community as a fellowship, and what I realized is we we uh, we liked it so much it was hard for us to not you know to stop talking. So. But that's a good thing. We're creating community. Uh, I know that we had on there, return to your seats and quietly meditate. Um, that's probably not our strength, right? We're going to have to work on the quiet meditation. Let's go to God again in prayer right now. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to worship with you, uh, to be here to uh, experience you. Uh, thank you for the West Side family. Um, I pray right now you'll open our hearts and minds, understand your scriptures, to connect, to be inspired, to become more of what you intend for us to be. Father, we love you with all our heart. Be with these words we share right now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit called Flow. And uh, the first uh, series, or the first lesson we just called it Flow, was on Super Bowl Sunday. We talked about how uh, when the Holy Spirit is... Uh, inside of you, it's going to flow and it's going to come. Uh, you can see this It's going to come from uh, John 7 verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And that real belief will unleash that. And if you're in the flow, things work out. You know, there's, that's a sports term. If you're in the flow, things going to work out for you. And you, you hit the shot when you're in the flow. And then uh, the next week, uh, Todd came around and he did a great job talking about the fantastic that um, you read there in Luke 11. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The idea there being, of course, that the greatest gift we can have, we ask for all kinds of things. The greatest gift is the Holy Spirit. It's fantastic and it's going to enable us to soar onto new heights. Well, I want everybody to do me a favor right now. Go ahead and pull out your, um, your phone. Pull out your phone because I want you to look at the, on the screen right there. Okay, everybody pull out your phone. Okay. Here's our phone. I got an iPhone 10. I got it last year. Now there's, they're upgraded even from that. And, uh, right, you, what you're looking at right there is the IBM computers that were used when NASA sent the first ship, you know, the first rocket to, uh, to the moon. And these are about the size of a car. And they, they, they cost like 3.3 million back then. And they needed, I think, like 10 of them to guide the ships to the moon. And for all the traje- trajectory and all the mathematical complica- uh, computations. Well, your, your phone can calculate 120 million times faster than those. 120 million and, and, and more capability. So, so we've evolved quite a lot, right? Things, things have greatly evolved. Um, it's, it's amazing to me that God intends to take something that we see just a small image of it and he recreates it into something fantastic, something amazing, uh, something that we barely can comprehend. And that's the title of today's lesson, New Creation. Because the Holy Spirit will bring a new creation into your life, into the church, and into the world. 
The Holy Spirit will use, okay, like, like that big old computer was sort of a, a rough framework of what became, you know, these computers in our phones. Of course, there's even higher powered ones, amazing things that happen. The Holy Spirit is going to take what's already here and recreate it into something that will blow our mind. That's the message of Jesus and the cross. That's the message of Him resurrecting, right? When He resurrected, that's a historical fact. That's a reality. We believe Jesus resurrected from the dead. That was something no one could ever have fathomed in the early days of, of worshiping God. They thought that would happen at the end of time. One time ever, everyone will resurrect. He resurrected in the middle of time, showing the human race God is breaking into the world right now and saying, Hello, I'm here. I'm going to recreate the world. And we we see the world around us, and it's not totally recreated yet, is it? There's a lot of evil, a lot of problems. But there's a little taste of it you get to see at different times. There's little pieces of it. That is the point. There will come a time when it all gets recreated. Right now, we get to play a role in, in being a part of that, that recreation, that new creation. The church is a little taste of it. And that's the idea. And today I want to study that idea that God, God, his spirit is filled with an energy. It says in, in Genesis 1 verse 2, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There was energy there. It was hovering his spirit was filled with some kind of energy that would create a change in the world. Uh, Jürgen Moltmann, one of the great theologians, uh, current theologians, says that the spirit is like a torrent of energy and vitality. And that this spirit is filled with so much energy that the body and soul awaken from this energy. Of course, God breathed life into the first living being, right? We, we, we know that. And we see in Ezekiel even later in the story of the, the dead bones. It says, you know, this is a story of the dead bones. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. The Holy Spirit is all about new creation and new life. That's his intention. The Holy Spirit's intending to have something new happening. And I hope you want that. We've been studying the book of Luke. And so I want to use the, the, the main text today from the book of Luke. Uh, and we, we studied a little bit about how the, the Holy Spirit will flow when we really believe. Well, let's read today Luke chapter 3. This is an incredible story of when Jesus got baptized. It says in verse 21, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Inspirational beginning to Jesus' life. And I just want to begin. I know last time I preached I shared about how I was not in the flow in one of my track experiences. I was on, I was a walk-on on the track team at UCLA. I uh, was good in high school compared to the college guys. I was not that good, so I didn't do it for very long. But uh, And I shared my embarrassing story at the last sermon. But I want to share a good story of, of my, my, my average track career. When I was younger and I was in high school, I had done this, this race, uh, the 100-meter dash. And in the 100-meter dash, 
uh, in the finals of the 100 meter dash, I ended up getting second place. I didn't beat the guy. This one guy beat me. And it, it made me mad because I, I was very serious. I mean, I wanted to win. And I didn't win. This guy was faster than me. He beat me by just a little bit. I was upset. I kind of thought I could beat him, but I didn't. I was like, ah. But if you guys know track and field, there's another race the sprinters run. It's the 4 by 100 or 4 by Everybody runs 100 meters, and they hand the baton off. And I was the anchor leg on our team, and he was the anchor leg on his team. And so what happened is when, when the batons came around to us, he, remember, he had beaten me in the 100 meters, so I was like, oh, his, I was hoping I'd be ahead of him, right, when I got the baton. But he was about, you know, four or five feet in front of me. He got the baton right ahead of me. His guys had beaten my guys. And I got the baton, and I took off. And I remember running around the back straight, and around the back curve, getting into the home straight. And right as I got onto the home straight, I heard in the distance, there was a crowd of people. It was, it was actually the championship event. This was the, the championship uh, meet. And I heard in the background just a voice. And it was my dad. My dad had, had supported me a, a lot in all the sports. And he said, you can catch him, Steve. You can do it, Steve. And it was a lot of commotion, a lot of screaming. But somehow I just heard that voice. And I, and I was running, and I, you know, I was feeling good. And I heard that voice, and I realized I was, I was making a little bit of ground on this guy who had beat me. So I thought, well, what, maybe he's not faster than me. And it was slow because we were very close. And right at the tape, I hit it and I beat him, and we won the race. But I say that to, to say to you, you can imagine how encouraged Jesus is. And was, as he heard these words, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. That is the message that the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. Ultimately, the the message of God is an encouraging message. It's good news. Jesus, it's good news. A lot of us have gone to church our whole life, and it's not good. When you hear the same thing over and 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 over, it's not good news anymore. But see, God is a God of new creation. And I believe that there is good news in your individual life if you'll look deep enough. There's good news available to you from the Holy Spirit so that you can understand the new creation that he has in store for everyone. I want to bring this verse to your attention. It says, when the dove returned to him. Now, this is from Noah. This is from Noah. And he, of course, had built the ark. And God was upset with the earth, and what had happened is he flooded the earth. We know the story of Noah's ark. Why? Because every inclination of the hearts of men was evil all the time. He says, I'm going to wipe everybody off the earth. I'm going to wipe them out. But Noah, you and your kids, and you get all the animals, I'm going to save you. And then I'm going to start fresh. I'm I'm going to do a new creation. And when that happened and they flooded the earth, you can read the whole story. At the end, right, the the floodwaters recede and then Noah sends out of the ark. He's like, well, there's no more. Let's go see what's going on out there. Is land beginning to appear? And it says when the dove returned, he had sent a dove to see if he could find land. And it returned him in the evening. There in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. Of course, now you go back to the verse we just read. Look what it says. It says that the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Because God was going to recreate the whole earth, a new creation, through the lineage of of Noah. 
In the same way, when the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus, He was saying, I am doing something new. I'm going to have a new creation. Jesus has come to create newness in the world. And it doesn't only happen one time. The, the resurrection affirms it in ways that go beyond our mind's comprehension. God intends for there to be a new creation. And this new creation really is for all of us. It's for you. It's for me. It's for the church. It's for everyone. You know, I like in the verse where it says, when all the people were being baptized. I really like that verse, right? When all the people were being baptized. That's, that's kind of what I, I want to see happening. Lots of people being baptized. Baptism is an important thing. It's been since the beginning of time. It's been a big deal. It is a time of new creation. I don't know if you know about your conversion, if you've shared it lately. I love hearing about conversions. I love hearing the stories of new creation. But I want you to understand that baptism is a big deal. It's important. It is the time that we die to our old life by faith. It is the way that we connect with what Jesus has done. It, it's just a, it's the wedding ceremony of us to God. It grants new hope, new mission, new standards, new values, new power, a new present, and a new future. And, and it, it adds you into the family of God. I love hearing about them. I love seeing them. I love being a part of them. They're important. I hope we can, can like this verse say, when all the people were being baptized... I, I, that's what needs to be happening. Why? Because it's, it's an initiation into this new creation. And we want it for everyone. We want it for everyone. We know that the, the baptism, it, that's the initiation. It, there's a whole lot that goes around that. But it's awesome that it was happening right here. And interestingly, Jesus himself is baptized. And many wiser people than me have tried to explain, well, why did he need to get baptized? If that's when you're forgiven, he didn't need, he had no sin. And yeah, that's true. And he says in other, uh, other gospel, you know, let's do this to, to fulfill all righteousness. Let's do this. It's right. I, I think it's great because he wanted all people to get baptized after he left the earth. That was the plan. And I think he didn't want to create any obstacles. Right? I mean, okay. I remember I studied in the Bible with one guy. Um, Owen Thomas, some of you might know him. And I remember when we studied the Bible with him and he came from different religious backgrounds and his question was, you know, well, why, why should I get baptized? And I began, I, I was about to start this big theological explanation of it. And then he read, he goes, oh, Jesus got baptized. Okay, I'm good. What do you need me to do? He believed in Jesus. Okay, I'm going to do it. It's a big deal, right? Baptism's important. Jesus knew it was. He wanted to set the tone of a new thing. And we read in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, that therefore anyone who is in Christ, when you get in Christ, you're in Christ at your baptism. You die by faith. You go under the water. You're baptized into Christ. The Holy Spirit is infused with your spirit at that. You come up as a new creation. It's awesome. I want it for everyone. The message of new creation, it is for everyone, but the message of new creation, it's for you. It's for you. It's for you individually. And it's not only a message for you one time. It's a message for you for all time. I want to be recreated and, and become new things. I don't want to stay the same. I like what John Wooden said. You know, he's like, I'm not... 
I'm glad I'm not how I used to be. He says, I'm not as good as I, I could be, but I'm glad I'm getting better. That was his mindset. Always get better. Always change. That's God's plan until he returns and makes it all perfect. We got to keep being recreated and be new creations. Amen. Let me share a story with you about this family. This is the Navarrete family. And many of you may, may know them, may not know them. But they're an inspirational example of the new creation being for you individually. Rudy Navarrete and Maria, he was a minister in our church in Orange County, leading the Spanish-speaking ministry. And we believe in Spanish-speaking ministry here in the, in the West Side. Amen? And he and his wife were awesome. I can't speak Spanish, thank you very much, but I believe in the Spanish ministry. He and his wife were doing awesome things, but as the church went through some challenges, they stepped out of the ministry. He began to work as, as a corporate executive. And over time, what had happened is he had allowed bitterness in his heart from being, uh, being through many spiritual battles, being mistreated. I mean, guess what? In the church, though we are the foretaste of the perfect kingdom, we're also living in a time of, uh, yes, the kingdom is, is here, but it's not yet fully here. So we live in a, we live in a time where, where yes, we have a taste of the perfection of God, but we also live in the world of imperfection and evil and difficulty. And, and it's just plain hard. And we, even in here, are going to hurt each other. And he was hurt. And he felt embittered and he felt down and he, he didn't deal with it quite right. And it, the bitterness led up to where he, in time, um, by not opening up and dealing with this bitterness, he began to cross lines he shouldn't cross, thinking, I deserve this, I deserve that. And he became uh, embittered, and in time, he said, I'm an atheist now. Now, the truth is, he had begun to have some uh, unfaithful, very unfaithful actions in his life. And he was not faithful to his wife, he wasn't faithful to God, he had become very dishonest, he had begun relationships he shouldn't have, and he was doing things that were just wrong. Nobody knew. And um, he ended up... Um, he ended up just saying, I'm an atheist now. And for about eight years, he was just, you wouldn't, you didn't want to hang out with him. We are good friends with, with him and Maria. She was very faithful. She would do communion and share like Rashida about the, just the struggle of how hard it is to be faithful. And her husband was just caustic towards the whole congregation. And we were all just, just upset with it. And because we loved him and we knew what he could become, but we saw, we, and he wouldn't, we didn't know exactly. He just said, I'm an atheist now. I don't want to come. He was just mean to everybody. Fast forward to two years ago, okay, two years ago, um, she had been praying for him faithfully. His kids uh, were, were teens, they, they, none of them had become disciples, but they, they were praying for him. And I decided, I was like, well, Maria, I remember I heard her, she shared her, her story the way Rashida did. I thought, i, I got to do something to help Rudy. And I knew he liked to work out, but he likes to work out at 5 a.m. So I was like, all right, all right, I'm going to do it. And I was like, hey, I need to get in shape. Are you still working out at 5 a.m.? He's like, yeah, every, five, every, you know, every morning. I was like, okay, I'll be there. So I showed up at his house at 5 a.m., began to work out with him. I mean, he would not miss, He was there every day exactly at 5 a.m. And we would work out. And it turned out he had a gym inside his, inside his own uh, garage. He built this gym. It was pretty cool. So I'd show up, and we'd begin to work out. And I'd say, hey, can we read a scripture? And he's like, No. <laughs> a couple times we almost got in a fight because I was mad at him because he would kick, you know, he was just mean. And I'm like, stop being such a jerk, Rudy. And he's like, you can't call me that. Get out of my garage. I said, no. And we just, you know, we almost got in a fight. (laughs) 
I kept working out with him, trying to read a scripture, and it just he didn't want to read anything. All of a sudden, we get home from the um, 2016 World Discipleship Conference that we'd saw, the one out in St. Louis. And within two weeks of that, he uh, had come to church, and he was just crying. He pulled aside the other minister and, and opened up about his whole life. And what had happened is the Holy Spirit began to work in his life. He had been living a double life. And he got to the point where he thought he was going to die. He really, truly believed that he was going to die. And he was having pains. And he was just, his body wasn't working right, even though he's massively healthy, ate healthy, worked out. His body wasn't working right. That I, he was convinced that he was going to die. And he decided to just come clean with his whole life. And, he, you know, he figured if I, if I get a chance to even see my kids get married, I'll be lucky. Because I'm going to die. I know I have a disease. I'm going to die. And, and that, I look at it now and I go, the Holy Spirit began to work in his life powerfully through his wife and his kids' prayers. And he opened up his life. He opened up with, with uh, Mike Rock and myself. We began to go through all kinds of Bible studies. We began to study in detail. It took us multiple months. He coughed up everything. It was a painful, painful time for their family. But in November of 2017, he was officially restored to the church as a disciple of Jesus. It was a miracle. It was so exciting. And what's happened since that time is that his three uh, oldest kids, the youngest one's the one on the far side, uh, that's Roman, but the other three, all three had no interest really in becoming, well, one of them kind of did, had an interest. She'd become in a Bible talk, but the other ones were not interested. But all three since that time have all been baptized. It's incredible. Even on New Year's Eve, right when we were before we were heading out here, not long before that, their uh, their youngest daughter Nadia got baptized. And Roman, he's uh, going in his he's in his freshman year right now. I I have no doubt God's going to do a miracle. But there was a new creation in that family through the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit doing it. And I believe God intends that. I mean, it's still a miracle story, and hopefully we can get them out here to share the story at some point. Uh, they're doing awesome things where they're at. New creation is for you. And a lot of times we think good things can happen to other people, but not to us. The good things won't happen. In our, they happen to other people. Oh, yeah, that's a great story about them. No, it's, it's a story for you. New creation can happen in your life. You know, the second thing I want to simply share is that new creation, it's for the church. It's for you, but it's for the whole church. This idea of new creation is not just for our own individual transformation. This idea of new creation is for everybody to see something different. It's for the church to evolve. If we can evolve as individuals, then I believe the congregation needs to evolve. And, and I've been meeting with, Karen and I have been meeting with the groups. We've met with six groups so far. And the groups are different. We met with the young marrieds and we met with the, the golden glitter girls, the, you know, the, the, a little bit older group. And they were awesome. And the young marrieds were awesome. We met with a singles group and other marrieds groups. And we've been connecting and, and hearing the stories of what have been the best things and what are the things that God has in store for us. And everybody's in a different place. We're a diverse group, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. But God wants to put a new creation, not only in our individual lives, but I believe in the whole church. And he has some things in store. He has, I've been, I've been talking about, he's got old treasures of things we know work. 
And we're not going to lose those. We're going to hold to those things about being a disciple, repenting and being baptized and living faithful as a disciple. But there's new treasures he has in store as well. And, and they're percolating up in, in all kinds of places. They're percolating up with the older. They're percolating up with the younger. People are being impassioned. We're, we're having this big hackathon that Hope Worldwide's putting on next week, which is really a time where ministers and, and church leaders are gathering up to talk about what is God trying to tell us to do because he wants to recreate the church. That's how he's always worked. He's working right here. I hope you will listen. And I want to put before you this concept... Um, it's a simple concept that we've heard for many years, and it's Nike's mantra. Just do it. Let's watch this video. Can we, can we cue it? Serena Williams, right? Right from here. Right from Compton. As a little girl, her dad teaching her tennis, giving her a vision. Hey, hit it like you're in the, in the U.S. Visualize it. You're in the U.S. Open. She's a little girl. And of course, we see what, what that vision and that work and that effort created. New creations don't happen by magic. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take a vision. It's going to take specific, deliberate plans. But the scriptures teach really clear that God wants a recreation of where we've been. He wants to add new things into our life. We read in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. You know, that means preach. Your young men will see visions. Your old men. Okay, survey. Who's here? Who's an old man in here? It's a tough question because you're like, I'm not old. Okay, when I'm around the campus, I'm an old man. When I'm around here, I'm not that old. (laughs) Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. It's our church. You own it. It's your church, whether you're young or you're old. The ministry staff, we're hired to equip. We're hired to equip the church to do great things. But let me tell you something. Imagine hiring a personal trainer, paying them a hundred bucks for a time to train you and sitting there and watching them train. And when they worked out and you're like, woo, that, that, that you are in such good shape. I loved how you did that treadmill. You That was like a 5.30 mile you ran on that treadmill. And then after the hour is done, you pay them their 100 bucks, and then you look at yourself, and you're not in any better shape. Sometimes that's how we think about leadership or staff in the church. That, oh, well, we got Stephen Carey and Ken and Lena and Todd and Tanya, and we're going we're gonna to be soaring now. Well, we got to do the work. Our goal, equip. Train and equip. But all of us are in the full-time ministry in terms of effort and time and energy. Amen? All of us. We are all a part of this ministry. And the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all of us. So you've got ideas and dreams. You've got goals. And I want to put before us to be a just 
do it ministry and close out with this one final story. Several years ago, uh, our campus minister, you guys remember Stuart Maines when he was here, right? He, he asked me, he said, Steve, we don't have anybody going on mission trips in the campus ministry in L.A. And I'm like, well, why not? He says, I don't know. Other churches around the country are doing it. Can't you tell the, you know, the head up guys, the main guys to run this thing and get this thing going? I was like, nope, just do it. He goes, what do you mean? Said, you know what to do. He's like, you're right, I do. He started getting on the phone, calling the different mission team, lead, uh, different uh, mission council leaders, uh, one from Korea. I mean, he already knew the, um, he knew them very well. Uh, he, he, I mean, he knew all the different people, the people in Mexico City. He knew the people that oversaw the work in the Middle East. I said, get on the phone and call him. Tell him you're going to be sending students there. We had nothing. On, he just said, oh, I'm just going to do it. Made a website, made a plan. To this day, we've had about 100 students in L.A. go on summer mission trips, visiting the mission fields that we support. It's connected their hearts to the worldwide mission. It's shown them what sacrifice is all about. It's meant that they now realize that they're not just trying to evangelize their campus, though we want our own local campuses to do awesome. We are a part of a worldwide movement of disciples who make disciples. He just did it, and they got another one going on this year. We want our group to go to the Middle East, so I'll be getting information out. If any of you want to fundraise for that, we want to have our people as a part of these trips. But, you know, these dreams to change the world, and that's going to involve bringing justice to the world, and it's going to involve creating beauty that points to God in the world through our artistic gifts, and it's going to involve evangelism and disciple-making. And you might have some ideas. Let's, let's be unified, but let's not feel encumbered by some strange thought in our head that this can't be done. It's only crazy until you do it. Let's do some incredible things and reveal the new creation to this world. I love you guys. Let's have a great weekend. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.